in this episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Closing Pitch. My name is Spiker Helms, and in this episode, we have Tyler Christoffel, a world-ranked CrossFit athlete. Now, why are we bringing on a CrossFit athlete? Well, Tyler was a former collegiate baseball player. He's a good friend of mine, and I wanted to bring him on to talk about the transition from baseball to CrossFit athlete. And I wanted him to go back and say, to look back at his former self and give advice and say, hey, these are the things that matter. These are the things that you should be worried about. This is actually what's important. And I feel like this is gonna be a unique podcast for the players because players are going to be able to look at this and say, hey, I, I'm worried about the wrong stuff or hey, I am hitting the right things. Tyler gives a really good advice. Tyler gives really good advice when it comes to nutrition, recovery, um, sleep. He views them all as skills. He also gets onto the emotional side. How do you handle failure? What do, what do you do when something good happens? What happens when you go into a competition? What should you be thinking? What happens on post-competition? What should you be doing? All of the things that go into being a CrossFit athlete, he brings it down into the baseball world and says, hey, these are the things that we're doing, right? Here are the things that we need to work on. And here are the things that I think as a community and as as athletes, we can improve on. So enjoy this episode. You can follow Tyler on Instagram. His handle is tchristofel12. He's currently out of season right now, Uh, but go ahead and give him a follow. He has awesome posts on nutrition. He also gives you the inside look into being a CrossFit athlete. Thanks guys and enjoy this episode. Guys, I am with Tyler Christoffel, and we have a deep history, an absolute deep history, Um, some wild times in junior college, and then he went to SBU, I went to Missouri State, and then we still hung out and did all the crazy things, but the biggest thing is that this guy is super fast, an absolute athlete, and when going into Longview and doing the junior college route, this guy just, he had, he had the whole thing, the whole package when it came to speed. And so he is a CrossFit athlete and he has competed in the games. But before we jump into like his background and everything like that, I want Tyler to explain like CrossFit in general what it is and then the competition side so that everyone knows that like we're on a even playing field because a lot of people didn't know i didn't know the reason i got into crossfit was because of you and i just started following you i was like damn that shit's cool i want to do that so i just started working out i had no intentions into competing or anything like that but it just looked cool so explain crossfit for everyone that's out there right now um so short explanation to CrossFit is it's just a fitness, um, a fitness routine. Um, it's typically done in CrossFit gyms across the world. And it's uh, typically anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half class, usually led by a coach. And it's a combination of almost everything, which is probably what you liked about it. It's probably the mm-hmm. sexiest thing about it is there's some endurance sport in it. There's strength sport in it. Um, Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting. Um, some of us like to stick to our roots and keep bodybuilding a part of it and maybe mix in a little heavy breathing with bodybuilding. Um, yeah, going back to Spiker and I's roots, we have the kind of sports performance training mixed with like some just physical strength and development training. So CrossFit was a good fit for me. And as far as getting into that too, there was some appeal on that side as well for me. And explain the competition. 
Yeah, sure. Um, it's a, so for, for most, um, it's a fitness routine and a really good one at that. If you stick to a good, um, you know, a good routine with it, as far as the competition side of it goes, it almost, um, it's like taking CrossFit and just doing a lot of it all the time and getting, um, getting even deeper and deeper into the different, um, different ways that you could test the human body, which, um, ultimately for me was probably the most appeal to it was finding out how far you can go down the endurance side while also maintaining strength and speed and all that good stuff. So the competing side of it is, is my favorite part. Um, and that's what I'm currently doing. And who, who got you into it? Um, uh, two brothers actually, who I was working with at the time, the the Kelly brothers. (laughs) <laughs> so uh ray kelly and alex right and yep. so alex played at salu and ray played at sbu i believe and so two baseball dudes end up roping you in and then now you are competing at the highest level <laughs> yeah. we actually i joke about it but uh we were at like a barbecue one Sunday afternoon at Ray's house and it was in 2014 and we just caught the end of it on ESPN of the CrossFit games in 2014. And Ray looked over at me and he was like, you could do that someday. And then fast forward, uh, we were just working out together, uh, probably in a training facility similar to the one you're at now. Uh, we were training baseball players and we were working out, just taking care of ourselves physically. And, um, Alex signed up for a competition and long story short, I thought he was doing a competition. He was like, no, it's a partner competition. I was like, oh, who's your partner? He's like, you are. I was like, I've never even done this. And he's like, that's good because we got six weeks. That's a total Alex move too. That is a definite oh, Alex move. <laughs> yep. And uh, for everyone that doesn't like the, the Kelly brothers, they're, they're down in Springfield. They had a business called 2K. They end up merging. But like Alex was a stud. He played football at Colorado, I believe, and then ended up transferring to play baseball at Slu, and i think he, he led the team in home runs and all of that so like he's 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 a dude dude but he's a, yeah he's a specimen too he's he's pretty put together so then what made you keep, keep on, on going, going with, with it? it i had i don't know man i just i started doing it and it kind of i i floated between um you know, coming out of baseball and doing stuff active and competing. And I wasn't really sure what to do. And CrossFit was kind of like, it kind of scratched the itch that deep down, like in my deepest core, you know, I wanted to compete and still be physically active. Um, and CrossFit kind of scratched that itch. So and I just, I I just it, went off. I know you hate bragging about yourself, but like, can you explain to people what, like your ranking? Cause I tried to find like the rankings and try to figure it all out, but like rankings switch constantly. How can you explain the ranking system and like where you are currently in CrossFit? Cause I have down in 2020, you, you're 24th in the individual at the games. And then, but in 2023, right this year, you were ranked fourth in the open worldwide. Yep. So it's kind of, it is a little bit confusing, but, to to make it as simple as possible the crossfit games is like the ultimate uh testing grounds for uh, guys and girls worldwide and for their fitness for that current year and i guess i'm a perfect example of um and not every year are you even granted the opportunity to go there and showcase that fitness so 2020 was my first year as an individual and i've been 
uh, you know, training and competing like crazy the last three years, I've really dedicated my life uh, to the craft and I have not qualified since 2020. So like the last three years, I haven't even gotten the opportunity to showcase my fitness. So you could say I'm somewhere in like that top 50 mix the last couple of years. Um, as far as the stages go, sometimes those stages aren't complete tests, right? So like the open this year was three or four workouts long. And then the next stage was like five or six workouts long. And the stage we just did was seven workouts. So it's probably been 15 or 16 workouts so far this year. Um, and what's cool about fitness is there's, there's so many different things you can throw at, you know, an athlete or, um, just people pursuing that. So, um, well, in yeah, this, I, in this and, and the sports actually taken you across the world, right? Yeah. For, for me personally, I've gotten the opportunity, man. I've been blessed to see some places I never probably would have seen and really even cooler met some really awesome people. So, and lucky. Uh, so to give more perspective on like the athleticism that you have, cause I, I, again, it's hard to really quantify it with like CrossFit. Like when someone says CrossFit, like, Oh yeah, that was like, they're, they're really good at like working out, but they're not just good at working out. They're, they're athletes. And I remember back when we were at Longview, we ran our 60 yard dash for the first time and you literally come up to me and I was like, it's time to go. And you end up running like a six, it was like a six, 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 five. And ever since that time, I've been trying to chase that and I still, still can't. So it's amazing how, how, how good of an athlete you are and the transition time from going from baseball to CrossFit. Talk about that transition time going like, Hey, I have some tools here. How do I actually like take these tools and then put it into being an, a CrossFit athlete? Baseball, obviously, like, you know, rotational strength is a huge uh, advantage for baseball players, lower body strength. So like deadlifting, squatting, and basically power rotation and, and also sprinting. So you got some unilateral single leg, powerful stuff. Uh, those mm -hmm. were really good strengths for me coming into the sport. Um, so I transitioned into the sport across it well with, we did a lot of running and you and I both know running those hills at Amley and sprint work <laughs> uh, in junior college and, and just in baseball in general, right? Like the fast, um, you know, speed, agility, coordination, explosiveness, strength, those things I had like lower body and rotationally. Um, and then coming in across it, I, what my biggest holdups were, were a lot of the overhead work and a lot of the low and slow uh, just, you know, long fitness, uh, you would call it muscle endurance stuff. Like for those not familiar for CrossFit, there's a lot of machine work and that machine work is, it, it can be related, I would say to swimming. So like for me, for me personally, as an athlete, I was a good runner, good mile time, good 5k time. And then also like a pretty fast 60 or hundred yard dash. But that middle ground, that swimming ground, that just low, you know, kind of steady state, low, or medium yep. intensity and just hold like that pain threshold for a long time. I really had to work on that. So coming into CrossFit, I had some, some really, some powerful tools. I, I knew I had them and I knew that based on, you know, maybe some competitors around me. So I transitioned into CrossFit and got in, got inside of a gym, um, which I got a bigger picture, like a, a life attachment to this. I'll talk about a little bit later maybe, but, um, I, I got, I got tested early with some guys. I was fortunate to have some guys around me that were good. And I kind of knew where I was on the totem pole, uh, you know, strength wise, endurance wise, 
you, you always test yourself against others, especially those in your field. Right. So I got lucky. I got kind of thrown into that. What were you early? What were you thinking about doing before you got to CrossFit? Like, again, we all know that transition time from like baseball and you're like, shit, what do I do now? Um, and I, cause you're cause your identity, I, I've been so fascinated with this. Like late lately is that so many guys are still wrapping up their identity in their playing careers and they're 30 to 40 years old. And it's like, bro, it's, it's over. It's, it's done. Like close the yearbook. Um, that's good. To, it's good to reminisce, but at times, um, we need to move on. Man, I've the last couple of podcasts that I've had the opportunity to be on. I've kind of touched on this, like athletes identities, uh, is a big topic for me. And I don't know if it's because mine's maybe being tested even these last couple of years, but also wow. I feel like I have a little bit of a testimony there being, I am a coach's kid. I did grow up in gyms and running around, uh, you know, athlete facilities. And I found my friendships and my friend circles on teams and on rosters and, and my performance could affect my, uh, you know, my mood heavily or, or my confidence even, you know, like, you know how it goes. Like, it, you know, we always talk about as baseball players trying to be still and trying to not let emotions get the best of us and and playing with emotion, but not letting the emotion control us. Um, it's so hard. It's so hard, man. Oh, my God. They're like, like going 0 for 4 with like 4Ks and then literally having to drive home and not like people want to like talk to you like, hey, you want to go to this party? No, I don't want to go to this party. <laughs> I don't want to do anything. I just want to go to bed. Yeah. Um, as far as the identity thing goes, man, I think CrossFit was, uh, was an opportunity for me to refine that for myself because here's the fun thing about CrossFit and it, it kind of relates to baseball as far as at bats go. Failure is inevitable. You know what I mean? Like it, you, when you sign up to play baseball as a, as a hitter position player, like we were, you, you're having a good year if you're hitting three out of 10, right? So you're signing up to not do so well a lot of the time. And CrossFit is kind of similar to that. And I'm what I mean by that is you have to be so good at so many things. And I had some I had some skills coming into CrossFit. And man, these guys like like them, don't like them, love them, hate them, whatever. All these guys in this field and gals, they're so talented at so many different things. And kind of going back to what you were saying, people here at CrossFit, but they don't understand quantifying the numbers and how good these athletes are especially these younger athletes they're incredible like the amount of workload they can handle the amount of skills that are in their toolkits by 20 to 24 years old i mean you're talking every day all day you're eating this you're sleeping this and and training is really all you're doing um it's really do impressive you, man the field do is you think stink. do you think that you had a advantage though from a mental standpoint I do. Compar I think that. compared to everybody else, I do. I think that baseball prepared me for. Um, I think that baseball maybe didn't give me the upper body strength and the like the swimming background and the gymnastics background that you're seeing be very common in the sport right now. Um, but the mental side of it, I mean, just part of my uh, story and testimony in this sport of CrossFit is that I have been unsuccessful a lot and still i'm still in the game you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i've been year to year since 2017 when i made my first games on a team so that's a long i mean i've been i've been riding at this for a while now without having just it's not like i'm just up there batting 500 with you know leading the country in home runs every year so 
That would be nice if that was us. We we probably wouldn't be talking right now. We someone would be in the MLB or something. <laughs> yes. Um, um, explain. Ex- talk about your background too, because I think a lot of people don't like. I don't know if you've touched on it in other podcasts because you said you're a coach's kid. Your brother is coaching. Like explain explain the um, pedigree that you guys have, and also um, it's your grandpa, right, that played for the Reds. My grandfather uh, was drafted by the Cincinnati Reds. My dad and his two brothers all played collegiate football. Um, two of the three brothers are coaching. My dad's coaching in the NCAA. My uncle's coaching in the NFL. And I think six of the seven Christopher cousins signed college scholarships. And we come from like a very competitive environment. You know, other family get-togethers were always whatever, playing catch, wiffle ball, tag, hide-and-seek, and, and you name it. Like nobody was in it to lose. Everybody was in it to win, and emotions were – I, I mean, we couldn't even play board games in my house, man. Like, we had to shut those <laughs> down because, you know, if somebody didn't win, everybody else was cheating or somebody was scheming against somebody. Like, it's just, it was competitive growing up. And then, I mean, like I said, I just, I found outlets in sports and friends through sports. So I just, it's just been, you know, I've just used those as avenues to channel my, my energy for a long time. So, um, I want to pull up a screenshot. I think you'll find this super funny. One second. Hope it's our long view mug shots. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's this one from SBU. Like, look at that. <laughs> um, yeah. If you could talk to your former self, your former baseball self right now, like, like this is your senior year. Like, you look nothing like your senior year. Like, how, like, talk. Like, and I think this is super valuable for everybody because when they see, they see this picture of you and then like what you look like now, like talk about what would you, what, what type of advice would you give that kid right there? I would really, the only words that I have to get to it are trust the process. And, and what I mean by that is like my dreams growing up and you, I'm sure you and I shared similar. Um, my dream was to play professional baseball, you know, from, for a long time. And maybe that was maybe that obviously that never happened and maybe that was never meant to happen, but that didn't, that doesn't mean that you let that affect the way that you attack every day or approach every day. And I'm kind of dealing with that now too. So it's, it's relatable just as much now as it was maybe, uh, how long ago was that? 12 years, 10 years ago. I mean, that's 2012. Yeah. 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Um, my dad and I have a really awesome relationship and I would, you know, confide in him things and he knew that it frustrated me that i was a little underdeveloped um i was i was very underdeveloped in high school i wanted to play quarterback just like my dad and and be a part of a tradition that my dad and his brothers and my brothers did but it just wasn't in the cards for me but that doesn't mean that it changed the way i trained or worked out or 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 listened to people who laughed at me whenever i told them what my dreams were or or things like that i just i continued to do the things that i knew i needed to do every single day and do things the right way um and ultimately, I think uh, we're talking, let's talk about faith, right? Dad had a bigger plan for me, and I trusted yeah. that. Uh, maybe as, as much as I hated it because I couldn't control my own destiny or my own outcome. And it wasn't what I wanted it to be, you know, like it's yeah. things where this doesn't look like what I dreamed it looking of. This doesn't, this season didn't turn out how I wanted it to turn out. And, you know, God had a bigger plan for me and does for all of us. And so uh, it was, it was, almost like a second chance for me to get the opportunity to compete. And, uh, and yeah, the 21 year old me at 25, I finally started to get some 
hair on my face and some muscle tissue and maybe it was crazy for some guys to see that but for me it was like man i just been waiting on this since i was 16 you know like it is absolutely crazy when you can just if you just stay on the ladder you never know what's going to happen like and it, when we have like, like you have that vision in your head like because all of us think about it, like, oh, I'm going to play Major League Baseball. I'm going to play for the Cardinals or I'm going to play for the Reds, whoever. And I'm going to back clean up and, and hit tanks, right? <laughs> that only happens in MLB The Show. Uh, God just has a different plan for you from um, um, from like, hey, you, you're not you're not most valuable at that point. You're going to be more valuable here and um, you need to be more happy with that journey. So like talk, talk about like, talk about that faith aspect because a lot of guys, they deal with the mental side too much and they deal with it too hard. Like I see it. I I think kids deal it with it more now than ever because of social media, but they cannot take the pain of failure, um, all that well. Like talk about how faith has really helped with that failure side. I think understanding, I want to back up just a little bit. And, and I, I was, dude, I was the worst. Like, well, let's flash back to high school. One time I struck out against a pitcher I didn't think I should have struck out against. And I came into the dugout and I punched out a cooler like it was a punching bag. So <laughs> I've been the player to let emotions get the best of me, you know? And yeah. we all have, right? Like, oh, 100%. Helmets and batting gloves. And I, I've been there. But I think that the, one of the biggest things that I learned and understanding is separating joy from happiness. And I think that faith, I was super lucky to that it, I just always felt like it was around me through my grandfather, my parents, and just my experiences in life. I've been really fortunate to have really great role models and mentors and people speak life into me. Um, understanding joy and different, I want to say this, like differentiating that from happiness, like temporary happiness and sadness from joy, right? So faith really gives you that anchor and that joy of like i am who god says i am and i'm in this i'm in this season for a reason versus i'm a failure because i'm not hitting 300 and i'm gonna get drafted this year you know what i mean yeah. and that's daunting that's daunting that can ruin you that can ruin a player if his hopes and dreams and his all of his joy is lying in on like maybe what he thought the season was going to look like or his life was going to look like and i i guess i'm just like a walking talking testimony of like I didn't handle my emotions well. I had to learn that. I, I didn't lean in on faith early in my career. I, I had to submit to that and accept that. And then I'm now just in the space of, I, I can be happy or sad based on like meeting or not meeting goals and expectations for myself, but it can never rob me of my joy. And that's that's all that I'm walking in now. It's just like, I am who God says I am. If I perform, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I do, right? I'm not going to leave any boxes unchecked or uh any thrusters undone or sprints undone. I'm, I'm going to make sure I do all the work necessary to be successful. But if I'm not, my identity is not, I I'm, you know, for example, I'm getting married Friday. Bailey loves me. If I'm number three in the world or number 23 in the morning, honestly, she, she's happy for me. If I'm, if I'm number three or number one, even, but even if yeah. I'm 23, I'm still the same human to her. So explain, like, cool. explain, yeah, that is really cool. And, I think that's what, uh, like with life partners, that's what you like look for. And when you're younger, you don't, you don't realize that. Like I had, I had this cool conversation with one of our players and it was just one of those weird, weird, like segues. And he was like, Hey Spike, how did you handle like girlfriends? I was like, that's a weird question. Like that came out of nowhere. 
And I, I, it made me think about it. And then this triggered the conversation is that, you know what? It's like that, it's that rock. It's that thing that's behind you that like they, they help you. And then you're able to help them in the same, in the same point. It's like a yin and a yang. And once you find it, you find it. It is the most unbelievable feeling. And you're definitely right. It could be one, you could be number one in the world. You could be number 23, you could be number 455, but they'll still support you in whatever you do. And I think that I think a lot of players struggle with that because they, they think, oh, I'm I if I play well, girls will like me. Yeah. Hey, that's and that's okay for that to be a motivator, but that shouldn't be like the end all be all right. You know that I know that. And I think just circling back on the on the on the topic of of having a rock and having a foundation and and let, let's fast forward now to these to the players nowadays, social media, uh, you made a comment about it and, and maybe just inability to handle failure or or, or maybe it's inability to discern failure, right? Like these these players and these kids, they live in a world where they know what everyone around them is doing all the time. They can't get away from it. Like stats are on Twitter, video highlight reels of guys' home runs are on Twitter, or they're diving backhand, throw across the field from their seated position. Like those are all those things get thrown at them all day, and they're just consuming this through this, you know, thing they got attached to them. We didn't, I mean, we had cell phones, but I don't really remember. Did we like, did we even have free texting in college? Like, I don't even remember. Did we? No, did we text I, in college? I, I, all I remember is Twitter back in like our junior year. And then that was like the big thing. Like everyone was on Twitter. But yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't, I think we paid per text. Something like that. I mean, yeah. we called each other, but it was like, hey man, we're having this tonight. If you want to come, come. Like we didn't like text and have videos rolling all the time, like through our Twitters and Instagrams and all that. And I remember it being like, Phones are just like a means of communication anyway. But it was, but it was, but it was, it was the stories though that you heard, like it's almost similar, but it's not. And I think we had a huge advantage because you heard stories of guys were like, Oh, this guy's going to go in the 12th round. He's going to get like a billion dollars. And he's, did you see the play that he did? I was like, no, you're telling me the story. So I didn't see it. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's that type of stuff. But now you're definitely right. It's, I can actually see the guy doing it. And then it makes me feel like crap. So just going back to like having those rocks, like if comparison is the thief of joy and I'm on my phone consuming that content, comparing myself, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's very easily to let that joy get robbed. So we are a little bit in a, you know, in a society or in a, in a state of, of, you know, whatever, where these players do have access to theft more often, you know, because yeah. they're comparing more often and you know, Back when we played too, like I shoot, I can remember, you know, like we healthy competing is great. Like you whooping me on hill runs or sprints mm -hmm. or, you know, and whatever BP or just taking ground balls and you being more consistent, like that healthy competition is, that's a good thing. And it, it should be motivating, but it shouldn't be consumed all the time. You know, there's a balance to all that. Like, yeah, I'm chasing you and I'm trying to be, you know, equal to or better than teammates. And then especially guys we're playing against. But also shouldn't let it affect me negatively to where I'm like, you know, in the dumps about it or I guess ultimately like just having that joy on the rock, you know, for you, you're married and you have someone yeah. behind you and have faith. And um, for those younger players who don't have those things, like um, when that's a huge one, I would encourage like any player to go after that faith aspect because, you know, as well as anyone, like the, having the, the pursuit of faith can is can be beneficial like for meeting that person and for having joy like 
no matter what your uh, line of work is. Explain joy for everybody, like how you how you perceive joy, because someone might think that joy is like, oh, if I we 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 said it before, if I go like four for four, and uh, that's that's joyful. But um, I think it's more of like the art of actually like throwing a baseball. I get a tremendous joy of actually throwing a ball. It's an experience, like it's you know you experience joy in doing that, and for you, it's it's that little simple thing, right? It's that beautiful thing of throwing a ball or or hitting a ball off the tee or even like cheering, right? Hearing a baseball get squared up can bring mm-hmm. you some joy. Like that's just, but also for me, it's, it's choosing, um, choosing joy. Okay. So, and, and what I mean by that is just choosing to be grateful, like in every situation that you're in, like I can be, I can choose joy here. I can choose to find like things to be grateful for here. So I have joy versus choosing to see all the negatives and see all the oh a hundred percent bro you know what a hundred percent yeah you you well i mean you know you know that guy that gets in the dugout and then he's like man it's so hot out here and it's like oh you just said that didn't you like bro go to the other end of the dugout I think I think we learned that from Longview, where we just got our our brains beat in for so long, and we'd pull those triple triple days where we'd have practice at six a.m., go get lunch, and then come back, and then have practice in the afternoon, and then come back, and then we had to go back into the weight room, and then another practice. So I think I think it just got beat into us that there's no complaining. It's this is how it's actually going to be, and it, it ended up showing like our sophomore year, like it, it, that healthy competition that you talked about, where um, each guy was going against each other, and we there was still there was trash talking, but it wasn't to a point where we were trying to make someone feel like crap. It was more of get to my level, yeah, and just make the whole team better. The Longview man, and I still say my experience from Longview. And any, you know, any baseball player, high school, maybe younger or guys looking to go to college or whatever, they'll, you know, they'll ask me too, you know, Juco versus four year. And I'll tell, I'll say the same thing to every single guy. I'm like, junior college is where I learned that I love baseball. I learned in Juco that you got to make a choice to get up and go to practice because nobody's going to do it for you. And you got to choose to want to work hard at it because, I mean, you don't really have a choice. Like you said, like there was some long days, you know, no sanctions and, and we, we really chose that. It wasn't like anybody was forcing us to do that. So no, if you didn't, if you didn't want to show up, you didn't show up. Right. But you, you were, you weren't going to play and you weren't going to contribute or earn the respect of those teammates that were wanting to win and wanting to, to make that squad, you know, better than what we were, you know, talk about the difference. Like, cause I get that question a lot. Like, should I go junior college or should I go four year? Explain your two year versus your four year. And then, I, I can give you my, my take, but I think it'd be super helpful for your take because people have already listened to my take. You know, we had to work hard. We, we, we worked a lot, you know, like I just, I think of in my mind, like memories are like, you know, how we did uh, fundraising for our team, you know what I mean? How we did, you know, we worked the chiefs games and the NASCAR events. And we also did, you know, we worked on our own field, like laying sod and, you know, pulling weeds and doing all that. So it was like, there was no handouts for us in junior college. So we, that junior college, you know, team was like, we were, you know, we were about as blue collar and as it got, <laughs> there was no, there was really not a lot of flash to us. It was like, no. we were going to be at the field all day and we were going to learn how to outwork everybody. And I gained a lot of confidence from that as, as a player. And even moving from uh, my freshman year playing to my sophomore year playing, 
um i i got a lot of confidence from like we outworked everyone that we played against and i knew that you know every at bat i'm like there's no way these guys have put the time in that we have and i trusted everyone around me i trusted you know you making a play next to me and that whole team making plays next to me because i knew how much time everybody was putting in so i felt going from junior college to four-year that it was a huge advantage over everybody else when we when i got to my teammates at missouri state because it was one of those things that was you guys are prima donnas and you have the rags you we have i have the rags but you have the riches and it i i'm just gonna beat you that's what's gonna happen i'm gonna i'm gonna come in here and we're hired guns and we're gonna we're gonna beat you is that is that how you felt going into sbu yeah yeah i did um we we had a couple other junior college transfers um I, and I do feel like that's kind of a normal junior college mindset too, right? Like, cause there's no sanctions and you play 180 games <laughs> in a year of being a Juco guy. So, um, yeah, I think that was pretty common, but yeah, I kind of felt that way too. Um, my, my big thing about transferring to the four year was the, I wanted to make sure that we did the things like we did at Longview, um, that were unsanctioned, like workouts that weren't required you know i was just making sure we weren't meeting a minimum work requirement and we were doing the extra stuff to be good especially because i knew at svu like we're just we weren't going to compete um with some of the bigger schools in that conference uh central missouri's uh emporia state i mean there was some you know there was some 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 squads in that conference miaa conference and at svu i knew we weren't historically they didn't have that and I wanted to be maybe like we weren't going to go 42 and four and win a national championship, but we could turn the program a little bit around and they could learn some things that I picked up from that long view thing for me about what it looks like to stay late after practice, what it looks like to eat a little bit different and, and maybe lay off the alcohol in season and do things, do things the way we did them. So, um, I actually wanted to switch gears into your, like your CrossFit, your CrossFit side. Um, cause I think from a, from a nutrition standpoint, uh, a lot of guys struggle with that. And if you could give your, give advice to Tyler back in, um, SBU, what, what would you say? Cause obviously, you know, more now than ever, what would you give, uh, that advice? Man, this is probably one of the number one things that I, that I do wish I could go back and, and tell myself. And I, I feel like looking back now, I did the best that I could with the knowledge that I had, but I would investigate what eating clean, like what performance eating looks like. Um, and what I mean by that is how to eat protein and how to keep, how to make simple meals um, for myself that are protein rich and carbohydrate rich and limited on fats. And I, I could go like into a whole nother spiel about nutrition and the way that I eat and, and what I do now. But I, if I could go back, I would, I would try to help players understand, um, like quality lean proteins and, and having like a few um, meal options that they enjoy that are, that are healthy and nutritious. And yeah, that's what I would do. How would you, how would you keep track? Like, do you, cause I know that you use an app, but would you recommend that to athletes now on like actually using an app or do you think it's because, or do you think there's no way that a high school kid will do that? I think that it is very difficult to do um, with, with that, here's my here's my take on it it is very difficult to do and to learn so it's it's kind of like a new skill right so so the app no matter no matter how you work best right if you learn from 
one-on-one coaching with someone or whether it's being walked through with an app or it's going you know onto youtube and learning via videos like every every athlete and is coached differently and learns differently um if the app if you know yourself and know that the app is the best way for you to learn as a younger athlete and, and you can handle that on your own or or hiring somebody working on with them one-on-one you know that's a good opportunity too it's a just to learn those things and, and learn like the fundamentals and the foundations, right? Like nutrition is no different than, than baseball. Like you got to learn how to hit off the tee and then you can start learning how to take BP and then get live. That's such a good point. I never thought about it. It's a skill. It's totally a skill, man. And would you say sleeping's a skill then too? A little bit less because I could give you all my sleeping one-on-one in, in 10 seconds. So I think that maybe again like learning how you sleep learning maybe like learning your bedtime routine is a skill but as far as uh getting to it it's like make the room cold make the room dark turn the electronics off and get on a routine like a regular wake-up time and black out this black out the curtains um make it cold and then recovery would that be a skill then that's one of those two same same with nutrition it's it's there's no one size fits all it's what's best for you um, for me personally, I love sauna. Um, I would say like sauna and mobility are, are two things that I do the most. Some people like a cold plunge. I know those are popular. Um, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's several options. So I think just like researching or exploring recovery options and just trying them all out and seeing which one works best for you. It's hard. That's easy to say, but it's hard to do because if you think about it, like mobility, how many 17 and 18 year olds are going to be like, yeah, let's go do mobility. No, like I want to do bench and curls, bro. <laughs> like I want to get huge. Hey, I did that. I trust me. I know. I like, that's why I would tell my former self, like do some research on what those different things look like. I think that's a big thing for the younger guys. Um, I, I mean, I'm thinking back to being 17, I guess. Or, or 18 when we were in college, I would the biggest thing I would tell myself is just go to bed early. Like you, you sleep fine. <laughs> like, yeah, must, just go to bed, you know? Like sleep is sleep is important. Go to bed early. I guess that's all yeah, that's but, all my I mean, one thing that we can we can relate to with this generation though is that video games. Like we we can all relate to that because again, like that video game is a huge suck. I mean I I was more of a Call of Duty guy. I don't know what you were, but like nowadays it's like Fortnite and all that. I did them all, but yeah, I mean, it's like that with anything electronically though, man, you know, that, um, binge watching shows is a, that's a black hole, you know, video games is a black hole, all of those. And they're all just distractions, right? They're all just ways to either, either grab your attention for a little while and waste downtime or, you know, and how, from workout standpoint, what would you tell your former self? Honestly, I don't, I, if I could go back, I would start doing CrossFit sooner. Like I, I started doing CrossFit and while I was in that baseball for training, training facility and all of my numbers went up. So yeah. CrossFit clearly works. That's what I've actually noticed with me. I, I sometimes I jack around on the tee for a little bit and I literally know how to actually use my backside now. 
which is, which is crazy. Like I, I actually know how to use my core, use my backside where like the weight guys would be like, Hey, use your core. I'm like, yeah, I know how to use my core. Like you're not using your core. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. <laughs> and now I actually know how to do that. So that's a really good point. The only thing that would be concerning though, is the overhead movement. Unless you, unless you say otherwise, what do you, what do you think? There are some dynamic overhead movements that you could stay away from and be okay in a baseball training program. But I think that it's a myth to stay away from the overhead movements as a whole. Like I know our generation and generations before us were like, we did, you know, A's, Y's and T's and Job's, you know, like that was pretty, that was like as extensive as shoulder work got for us. And I think that was a huge miss for us. I think that um, understanding like baseball injuries, injuries are just imbalances, like they're overuse imbalances and having like strong shoulder girdles and, and like stable elbow positions from CrossFit would do, it would do more good than harm as far as balancing out like total arm package. I do believe that. That's actually a really good point. And I, I do agree with you. Again, like, but they, it's that, it's that whole aspect of like, if a guy tears his labrum, you're like, ah, oh, shit, sorry. But you know, you know, like it's, that's a tough part. It's like that with anything though, right? Like you're going to get, you're going to get friction or you're going to get blowback or, you know, people can say like, well, yeah, I got injured because I do CrossFit. I'm like, no, you get injured because you work at a desk and sit for nine hours a day and you never stretch your hips out. So of course there's an, there's an imbalance there, you know, understanding injury is just is literally just that. And you're playing sport. Like it's dynamic movement. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like we're not robots. We're not, we don't have metal tendons and joints. Like it is what it is. That's what's so, that's what's so great about them. The elasticity and like their ability to move differently. So, um, last question. Um, and I'll let you go. Cause I know you're going to get back into wedding week. The, I want to, I want to try to phrase this the right way. So, your preparation for CrossFit and then for the games for competition and then also your post after the games, what you think about, how would you approach it now if you could go back and play a game of baseball? Taking the knowledge that you know from CrossFit into baseball. I would probably, from what I know now as far as um, training, like daily training regimen and what my body's capable of and let's go in the, like, let's talk about a little bit competing with this question too. Um, cause I'm learning this still, which is crazy that I've got the opportunity to still be competing and learn this. I'm super grateful for this. Um, as far as, as far as training goes, doing all the, doing all the little things, right? Like doing everything with intention and like going back to like my former self and being able to play again, like making sure that all the preparation is done, which I do feel like we did a pretty good job of based on the knowledge that we had right back Mm -hmm. then. Um, The competing part of it, and I know this is hard because baseball players travel and there's not a lot of access to knowledge, but the, the nutrition, the sleep, and the training, try to keep that when you compete as similar to your day to day as you can. You know what I mean? By that, you see what I mean by that? Yeah, like the, consi- the consistency. It's almost like you're competing outside of like the actual game itself. You're every day, you're competing against the next guy. How you sleep, how you eat, how you recover, what you do in the weight room, what you do on the field, and it's those days that you don't see that competitor that 
you're losing ground. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's that's the edge. And then what's the what's your post like po- post post ref like going back and looking back at because you know how in baseball you look back and you go like three for three and you feel happy and then four for four um, you're feeling fantastic but then if you go zero for four you're 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 disgusted but now with like CrossFit it seems like you you're taking more of a tactical approach than just an emotional approach communicating to younger me and even to players today this I'm gonna tie this in with what we were talking about like in the meat of this podcast with um of understanding like joy and happiness and understanding failure and understanding that like let's say like a season ends for me um i give myself 24 hours to feel some things about it right whether it's sadness or happiness or anger frustration all this where i'm like i'm not trying to dissect anything it's just 24 hours to feel how this feels so i can use that right and then after that understanding that failure is inevitable it's never final and we can fail forward. So like, what am I, what am I supposed to take away? What were the, where were the losses at in this season and this weekend and this past game, take those and then learn from them and then be better the next day or the next game or the next practice because of that. That would, that would be my big, my big tie in to helping players understand that like joy is in choosing to like, be grateful that you got another opportunity to go have an at bat, right? Like that's, yeah, you're 0 for 9, but at least you got a shot. You got a chance to go be 1 for 10. It's almost like a debrief, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz when I was when I was playing and I and I'm trying to get back into this from my business career standpoint, but literally after the season cuz there's no seasons in business, right? There's no seasons in like life. But um I would actually write down all the things that I struggled with and then actually put forward like all right, here here are the goals. And it actually came from like coach Culberson, um, our freshman year, like having us rank out players and I would do that. I would rank out the players and I would, I'd try to be as unbiased as I possibly could. And then actually say, all right, these are the things I got to accomplish in this year. Um, which I think is super important. And it's such a good point that you made on like feeling what you feel from the game, not judging it, but just actually trying to fuel yourself and then start debriefing yourself. That's huge. Yeah. The goal setting, I'm not great at it, but I've gotten enough opportunities to make the mistakes and and bounce back from. And you're right. I mean, having goal setting and, and choosing like to to debrief and say like, hey, I can do you know X, Y, and Z better, and then that's my goal to do that. It gives you a like a renewed purpose and renewed mission with what you're choosing to do every day. It's crazy. It gives you more fuel. <laughs> It makes decisions easier, man. Like whenever you know what your goal is, like, you know, you, you went, you, we were 500 as freshmen and we were like, okay, we got so much talent this year. Our goal is to make it to the world series that makes those nights staying out too late or doing things that weren't supposed to do or not showing up to practice. Those are little decisions that have to be made every day. When you have that goal, you know, you base those decisions off that goal. It makes it easy. Yeah. It becomes clear it's like this whole forest and then you have like basically a machete and you're just literally cutting through and you know exactly where the path is. And then everyone just follows that path. You nailed it. Yeah. And like in a team setting, you need like three or four people, but I guess in like CrossFit, you just need one person. (laughs) An an individual, right? Like, yeah, that's a totally different mentality too. And I mean, I could touch on a little bit of just like, I'm a team sport guy growing up. I never, ever did an, an individual sport. 
Um, I skateboarded a little bit, but I kind of realized pretty early, like if I was going to be a team player skateboarding and riding my bike and stuff, probably wasn't good to do competitively. Mm-hmm. Being a team sport guy through middle school, high school, college, this is my really first experiment and experience doing individual anything. And it is a different, it's a different thing because no one makes that decision for you. Um, but at the same, like no one tells me what to do, but also when I'm on the floor and, and I make a mistake or, or things get tough, which I haven't experienced from last year, I won't go into detail, but I got hit with a weakness and I started hitting muscle failure. No one's coming to save you, you know, like as an individual. So that's, that, that's part of a motivation from an individual side too, but it can also be used on the team side, which I've experienced this of like, okay, you don't want to be the weak link, you know, yeah. nobody wants to be the weak link or so that it's, it's kind of similar, but Dude, that was my, that was my biggest fear being the weak link. That was like my biggest fear. That's why I think that's probably why I have the engine that I do. I I was just so worried about like, dude, I don't want to be the guy that everyone looks at and be like, why is that guy on this team? <laughs> and no, and nobody does, you know? So it's like, that's a, that's a motivator. Like that fear is a motivator to do the work. And then you set a goal. And just like you said, you debrief whenever you make a mistake, you have the goal and then you can just machete through like all the, all the brush to like create that path for yourself to get to where you want to go. Christo, this has been an unbelievable podcast, bro. And I know that catching up over a podcast is, is kind of uh, different, but, um, I do appreciate your time and, and you fitting me in. Dude, I appreciate you even having me on. It's an honor. Cool, man. It's just great to catch up with you, man. We haven't. Oh, yeah. I, I know. We had history. I know. It's, it's kind of funny. Like it, um, on podcasts, I've, I've met some really cool people, but I'm on this bandwagon now where I want to go back through my friends because like all, everyone's crushing it. Like everyone's crushing it. One of my buddies, he's with the um, Florida Panthers and they're in the Stanley Cup and he does the, um, he's like VP of sales or marketing, but he has a baseball background too. And I just find it so fascinating, like seeing how the culture of like you growing up and you've had like the little league and then now you, you had high school and then college, like there's so many dudes that did so well from our call, our, our long view days. And then obviously Missouri state. So I'm just going back to the line and it's weird cause I'm catching up through a podcast. But again, like I think it's awesome though. It's just, it's a fun way to do it too. You know? Yeah, I know. I know. Um, maybe get some beers later on. I don't know. <laughs> so we should have had them ready. I know, I know, 100%. But thanks again, um, and I will probably talk to you later. All right, guys, that's this episode of The Closing Pitch. Thank you for listening. Give us a five-star review if you can. That helps us out. Also, share this with an athlete. This the, the knowledge bombs that Tyler was delivering were was just awesome. I, I, I wish... I could be playing right now and I'd taking taking the advice that he gives from just the emotional side as well as um, going going how to view your career. So um, give him a follow. His Instagram handle is tchristofel12. I put it in the show notes. Um, also hit the subscribe button on our show and we will catch you in the next episode.